Welcome to Fireside with Voxcake, podcast for professional public speakers. I'm your host, Richard Roger, the founder of Voxgate.com, which is an online community and service for speakers and event professionals. In each episode, we sit down for an intimate fireside chat with people in the public speaking community to learn how they have mastered the art of getting up on stage and speaking in front of an audience. If you're an aspiring speaker or just want to improve your onstage performance, this podcast will help you learn from some of the most accomplished and interesting professional conference speakers. Oscar, it's great to have you here today on the Fireside with Vox Gig podcast. Welcome. Thanks a lot, uh, Richard. It's a pleasure talking with all of you. Fantastic. I'm just going to jump straight in and uh, ask you uh, a very specific question about your experiences with uh, Toastmasters. Hmm. Um, as you know, uh, this podcast is here to help people who want to get started with public speaking, particularly engineers. And Toastmasters is often something you hear about as a place to learn public speaking. Uh, you've been quite involved with them. So tell me about Toastmasters and tell me uh, how it has helped you uh, and whether it is uh, an appropriate thing for someone in, in the technology space to uh, to try out. Sure, sure. I started here in Finland around six years ago, more or less. And because I was here looking for some opportunities to, to practice public speaking in, in English. So here is the language is Finnish, of course. So, and then I found in, a, in one of the few English newspaper about Toastmasters. So I went and, and I went as a guest. And yeah, I definitely like the, the concept a lot from the beginning. It was very friendly, well-structured. And I'm sure it helps. It can help for anybody who who wants to improve their communication skills, no matter what what is your current level. Let's say so. There are people who have very little experience, and and gradually you get you get the tasks to to improve. And also, if you are already relatively experienced, you can what you can do. In, in other guys who are even more experienced than myself are. You experiment things, so you try to talk topics that you, you wouldn't speak at uh, at your office or in conferences uh, because you want to try new things, new topics, new ways of presenting, and that's a that's a good platform for that. You will have an audience that will listen to you. Average 15, 20 persons. They will give you one person will give you a specific uh, feedback to improve. So I, I believe it's it's, uh, it's it's great, and I and I and I have met many developers or people in, in tech who, who are joining, or like myself. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. And I, I mean, just to get into the specifics, how exactly does it work? Is it uh, a sort of a, a group coaching or do you, do you, are you given a mentor who specifically teaches you? As it works is that every club, every club has usually 20, 30 persons, and there might be several clubs in, in per, per city, let's say. So every club uh, meets every two weeks and in... There's a meeting approximately one and a half hours to two hours. And there is an agenda that somehow repeats every every two weeks. And you have, there are impromptu speeches. So two to three minutes, you are just asked a random question and you have to come and speak uh, the most uh, eloquently and articulated that you can. 
straight away with that preparation. It's straight away. It's wow. like <laughs> it's like when you are your boss asks you a difficult question and to articulate say something in one two minutes. That's 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 the same thing. Wow. But then okay. you have the when you are a member, you can have a, the prepared speech. So you are given for a specific date one slot of uh, usually it's six seven minutes. You prepare the topic you wish. And according to some projects, so there are there are like manuals. Let's say when you start, there are like 10, 10 call speeches, but there are projects that focus on different things, such as uh, how to structure your speech, how to use body language, how to persuade. So with a specific different goal, you bring the topic that you want and you deliver that and you get feedback. So and because every time there is one evaluator, one person who is specifically looking at you and We'll also go to the stage and give three minutes evaluation. Okay. Wow. Right, so there's, there's a structured curriculum, a, a sort of a, a series of steps you take practicing different aspects. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can see how that, I can see that, how that would uh, improve your skills, but it, we are talking specifically about uh, the more traditional speech, aren't we? This is a little bit different from say, giving a talk at a technology conference where you have a PowerPoint and slides. Yes, it's it's it has been used for for a long time this speech as a presentation or or project, but just now this since uh, last year there has been there's a new program that a new educational program by Toastmaster called Pathways, which is first of all it's, it's online. The projects are more intended to to how things are today. They don't use too much the term speech. Uh, different. There's even a, like a, like a podcast exercise one project podcasting when you have to structure like a podcast and um, so it's more things are changing definitely so it's more like the real the real tax that you have in uh, today like interviews or short uh, short discussions uh. well it really sounds i I'm, i haven't ever done anything with, with toastmasters mm -hmm. uh, one of my colleagues has she's she's quite involved with it it certainly sounds like an untapped resource you do a lot of public speaking uh, as well though because you're also a lecturer which is a completely different type of public speaking. Well, I've been lecturer, not, not right now. And that's, let's say, okay. how I started. So I've been two two years lecturer uh, in Peru before coming to Finland. So yeah, that's how I started. And th that's how I gradually started looking for resources, ways to improve public speaking. Yeah, because you, you had to stand in front of a class of third level. And was it a, a technical subject that you were lecturing? Yeah, I was lecturing so introduction to telecommunications. And also a bit of uh, uh, information security, yeah, technical stuff. I, I have done a very small amount of lecturing and I found it very, very difficult. <laughs> it's much easier to give a 20-minute conference talk and be entertaining and tell stories. I found lecturing very challenging because you had to put together a series of material. You had a, a duty to, to teach as well. And necessarily, the, the material... It became sort of boring. It, it, it seemed very hard to me to to, to get engagement from the students. Um, I, I sort of failed. <laughs> I never quite figured it out. Do you have any tips or, or ideas about you know lecturing technical subjects, particularly from from your experiences? It's true. You need a lot of material, of course, and usually that's something that you you will provide to the students either before or, or after. In the past, you were some some teachers were like dictating, right? That's well, that's not the case anymore. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, you would need at least a full set of slides, presentation slides for every single thing you said. You explain everything. 
one of the things I remember, and I would definitely recommend is to spend time in, in simplifying the concepts. Because in the book or how, let's say, the previous or the other lectures were doing, something can be explained in one way, but you to explain it more simply and also more, more concrete with concrete examples. So simplifying and bringing concrete examples will help a lot to for the students to understand. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's also true uh, for a conference talk, isn't it? I mean, I, mm. when I give talks, I always try to find the simple concept, maybe it Maybe it doesn't give the full explanation of the, the subject, but it gives somebody a place to start in terms of building mental models that help them understand and, and move forward. Yes, with the analogies or metaphor that helps connecting concepts that someone already knows with, with your new concept that you're, you're going to present. That Those are very, very powerful. And now, of course, uh, at this point, you, you're an accomplished public speaker. Um, you're a professional. You know how to do it. But on the path from beginner to expert, there's always mistakes. And I think that mistakes are a much better opportunity to learn than successes. <laughs> One of my favorite questions always is, um, I, I always like to ask the guests on our show, what is the worst talk you ever gave? <laughs> well, I haven't thought for, for a while. I remember one, the very first that I gave in my when I graduated, so let's say my first job, we have to give a, there was a kind of competition for innovation ideas for the IT department. And I have to, well, to make some idea kind of, we find some idea. Then, then we wanted that the, the team leader, the guy, most experienced guy among us go and, and present it because you, we really didn't want to present. I didn't have any yeah. intention or <laughs> I really have not, I don't know fear, but yeah, I didn't want it. But in the end, he, he didn't do it. So I had to present and I remember pretty well just sitting down. So not standing up, sitting down, like hiding myself with a, with a presentation slide, the PowerPoint uh, was a bit nervous. So I'm sure the mouse was shaking on the screen. No, so. Oh no. <laughs> Did you have one of those laser laser pointers or <laughs> I didn't use that, but no. yeah, it's hiding. That's why that's what I remember pretty well. I didn't want to stand up and I look, it was sitting down, talking and, and kind of hiding. So that's um, that's thing. And another thing I remember, and that told me later one of my mentors from from Toastmaster actually that she told me that one of the things you already improve, it's already far from your beginning, is that at first you started telling too many things in a short time. Like in six minutes, you have to you want to tell a lot, lot of things. And and that doesn't doesn't work. No, you you need to focus in one, two ideas and for and explain them the, the best you can. So that's a mistake. Putting too many material, too much material in, in a short time. Yeah, it's a t it's tempting, isn't it? Because you, you you usually if you're a subject matter expert and you're talking about technology, you want exactly. to you want to explain everything that you know. Mm -hmm. But it's usually better to stick to one core idea and explore it from different angles and, and allow people to really understand it. It feels like you're not giving much value, mm -hmm. but I think you'll agree. I, you know, there's, I've been to lots of technical conference talks, and the ones that are slide after slide of code. And this is the other, you know, here's every method in the API. They're the boring <laughs> ones, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're an expert, you believe that 
every detail matters and, and you have to bring everything. Otherwise you are not credible, but the best is that you, you pick one or two ideas and make sure that everybody understands that. And also, yeah, also you have to analyze the ideas. I mean, part of the value, your value is, as a speaker is you're, you're giving the audience your experience, aren't you? So you have to, it's not just about telling them what mm. the idea is, but it's giving a, a perspective. And it, it can be a personal perspective. It can be an opinion sure. as well. It yeah. It's like being the curator of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was, okay. So that was, that was your worst one. Uh, that, that's, that wasn't a bad place to start. Uh, had worse, had worse. But I, you know, over the years then, you, obviously you must've had talks that were great experiences. Do you, do you remember, do you remember one that stands out as being one of your best? Well, I can remember one that was, um, like a workshop for a Toastmaster conference. So there were, mm, I think nearly 100 people. So it was a lot of people and there were three three sessions like, like mine in, in that part of the conference. And was, I was clearly the, le- the least experienced. So the other guys were definitely much more experienced. And I was the third one in, <laughs> in order. So when I saw the very first two, I said, oh no, I cannot, I cannot do as good as this, these guys, right? Normally I, I prepare my slides, my material, and I rehearse either on my own or with, uh, I meet some colleagues, friends, and I rehearse the whole thing. But this time I hadn't had time to rehearse even once the whole thing. So that also gave me some, uh, some insecurity, but in the end, I just follow my plan and actually went excellent and, and people really like it. So I did some, a lot of interaction with the, with the people, a lot of exercises and people really like it, but you never know. <laughs> it was about the topic. I think it's the only time I give this topic is about how to answer with a quotation. So for instance, if you are in an interview, someone asks you something, the very first word you say is a quotation by someone else. And then based on the idea of this quotation, you, you build your answer. So that was the, the topic. People love it. That's a good topic. Uh, wow. You, you, but I guess, did you choose a particular quotation or is it about choosing the right one? No, I, I gave some, some examples. The takeaway is that you make a list of quotations that you like and they are relevant to your topic. If it's about leadership, we'll collect a few, few quotations about leadership, memorize them and learn to tell them in a nice way. So you're ready. Um, so you, yeah, have them in advance. So you're ready to, when the, oh, when the question comes, you, it's already on your mind and you can ans- start with that and then build the rest of your answer. I like this one. The, the problem that I find is once you, once you develop a skill of public speaking, you often get asked to speak by surprise or, or people ask you to MC mm, at a yes. something like that, which is more difficult than just giving a prepared talk. If you can have these kind of tricks where you can prepare things in advance, uh, my sort of go-to method is just to try and think of a relevant personal story and tell the personal story. Because if you, if you tell personal stories, you, you have a perfect memory of them. Well, a good memory of them. And it's because you have an emotional connection, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to talk. But um, this is another good one where, you, you know, you can find some quotations that you like and use those as, as the starting point. Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Um, I'm putting, I'm putting that in my, my bag of tricks. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so I mean, I know that you you, you do all the different types of talking, um, and of course, you're you're being interviewed now for a podcast, but you also do your own podcast. Can you talk a little oh, yes. about that and about uh, whether podcasting helps with public speaking um, and how it's different and you know the techniques? And I don't don't I don't don't critique me because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not I'm just not I'm just not able for just compare public speaking and podcasting and how the two. How the two kind of fit together or complement each other? Like be being the being the guest or the well being the host. Well, being the host, being the host. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, being the host. Yeah, of course. Is uh, there are there are a lot of skills that are useful for both. One of the main skills I would say is is the use of the voice because mm-hmm. you need to use in in a podcast. People only well only hear your voice; they don't see you. Um, they have to imagine how you are, your personality, and your voice has to sound good. And that I, I learn a lot about that, and I pay a lot of attention how to improve the way I speak. Uh, focus on the voice. Uh, I interview one one person from uh, it's from Hollywood called Roger Lobb. He has um, he has coached uh, singers in the seventies, and then actors from winners of Oscar and etc. And nowadays, he's focused a lot also in in being a voice coach for public speakers. And he gave an excellent piece of advice. One of the things is that that one of the biggest problems for speakers is that people get their voice gets tired because or gets dry because people are breathing with the mouth unconsciously maybe it's because of um, nervousness or just a habit yeah but but if you breathe with the mouth your your throat gets dry very quickly and then in five minutes you're already dry and if you have to speak 30 minutes wow maybe the water will help you maybe you are going to suffer the rest of the (laughs) presentation yeah and drinking water in the middle of a talk doesn't look good it's not yeah, it doesn't look good. That's that's true, and that should be um, prevented. Yeah, but about back, back to the to the podcast. Of course, for a podcast, you have to be able to engage your your guest no? somehow. The guests will will have different personalities or moods. Sometimes they talk too much, and you have to moderate. You have to <laughs> yeah. stop them a little bit. You know? This is difficult. This is difficult. Yeah, it's difficult. Uh, that's happened many times to me. They talk too much. In others, they talk very shortly. They talk. Uh, the answer is very short, silence. And then you have to do the opposite. You have to uh, reiterate what they said or ask uh, new questions out of nothing. And so this interaction. And sometimes they also, they feel a bit uh, sad, but not so enthusiastic. So you, you can also bring a joke or ask some question just to change in the mood. So they also sound, yeah. sound happy, you know, sound more enthusiastic because that's, you also want that both the hosts and the guests sound like excited about this conversation. Absolutely. I certainly hope to our listeners, we sound terribly, terribly excited. <laughs> Speaking of our listeners, uh, many of them are software engineers, although I certainly hope we have a wide, wide range. Um, but we are here in, in many ways to help software engineers move forward in their careers. And for a lot of them, public speaking is a way to do that. You started off as an engineer. So how did you go from a career and a focus on the technical side of things to public speaking? Is, is it something you always had an interest in? Or how did you end up uh, with this skill? 
Yeah, it's completely. I didn't plan this at all. Um, for instance, when I was a lecturer, I found uh, Dale Carnegie's books. How to? What is the name of the the book? I, let me recall. Is yeah, public speaking and influencing men in business. And the first time I read about public speaking and the some of the theory, the the good practices and the examples from history. So that gave me a wanted more. But then gradually, when I also joined Toastmaster, I have again reactivated my interest in public speaking. And more or less at that time, I started looking for for role models. No, so I started looking in, on YouTube. So talks about, uh, especially in the tech arena, good talks. And I found um, like Guy Kawasaki, Steve Jobs, yes, yes. and this guy, Jack Dorsey, very good. I like so much. And then I start not only saying, wow, this is so good, but also I start analyzing, okay, why their talks are so good, so effective, so inspiring. And gradually start finding the, the, the whys, the, the, the elements. In particular, in, in te these tech talks, uh, have to do, in many of those, there were product demonstrations. That's also a topic that I became a lot of interested in that. So it was a lot about finding this, um, these role models, great examples, and, and well, not emulating them and, and putting the, the good practices into my own talks and gradually getting, getting better. So... Yeah, it's not a bad technique. There's a style of learning which is kind of subliminal where it's not conscious learning. Of course, you can look at a YouTube video of somebody giving a talk and you can analyze the specific techniques. But you also learn just by subconsciously observing uh, good public mm -hmm. speakers. And the more the more you observe, observe them, the more it kind of goes in. The, uh, the analogy is the way they, they used to train... In England, they used to train um, airplane spotters in the Second World War. So, you know, they would sit at the coast watching the, the planes coming mm. up. And the planes are just these small little blobs. Uh, it's very hard to tell whether they're friend or foe. Mm -hmm. But the way they would train people is somebody who already had the skill would take an apprentice and that person would stay with them for a month. And then somehow uh, this apprentice, if they were good, but many of them would fail, would learn the skill of identifying these blobs in the sky, tiny little dots. But nobody could write it down. Nobody could explain how. Mm. Uh, it, it was it, the, the neural networks inside their brains, the wetware had been reprogrammed uh, <laughs> just by sampling, but, but there wasn't a conscious explanation. And I think if you expose yourself to great public speaking, especially, especially with all the resources you can find on, on YouTube, it's a huge, huge learning resource. I write this newsletter as well for public speakers. And that's why we always put videos in because the more you expose yourself, the better. Uh, you also write as well, Oscar, which is, oh, yes. <laughs> don't you do? <laughs> uh, you have a book as well, don't you? Yes, yes. I, I self-published it uh, last year in, in May. Fantastic. Fantastic. And yeah, I also, that's another skill that I learned in the, let's say in the recent years, you know, just to, to put my ideas. Um, so others can, to share with, with others. So I have to gradually learn in, to write better, better. And yeah, it, when I push myself into this project of writing a book, I really have to do, to write a really good book. So I 
I read some books about about writing and nonfiction writing and also reading others in why these these other books are good. These these books stand out. Uh, so yeah, last last year I self-published create and deliver a killer product demo. And actually um now I got the opportunity to release it again with a publisher. So oh, you know this wow. year. That's congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Wow. So you'll have to do um, you'll have to do another party to launch the book. <laughs> you get two parties. Oh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, what's the title of the book again? It's "Create and Deliver a Killer Product Demo." Okay. Wow. So that's a particular type of talk, or even I mean, are, is it more suitable for sort of smaller sales presentations, or is it meant for conference talks? Yeah, it's it's for a bit of many aspects. When I get inspired by. Checking, for instance, um, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, or some panos from Microsoft uh, product demos, not showing their product in the product launches. But then also, when I went digger, I realized that product demos are actually most frequently in sales uh, sales meetings, no? one-to-one meetings, um, even by by video conference. But for me, are the best practices for product demonstration, both in in public events such as um, product launches or or pitches or API demos, or also in private setups such as sales meeting, both face to face or in via internet, where it's very common nowadays, video conference. Yeah, I I do that all the time. We're, I'm, I'm doing a startup at the moment, and I'm I'm always doing product demos, and I have no idea. I'm sort of winging it because I oh, yeah, I can. Conference talks, so I might kind of make it up as I go. But uh, <laughs> maybe I should read your book. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. The one of the first things I say that is uh, preparation is, of course, important. Is as you know your product, you you might be able to demonstrate, of course, if you know it. But preparation will will help you much more to make it much more effective. No, because other, um, ultimately, what you want is to to sell to to convince others to exactly. embrace exactly. your product. And the other aspect that I I emphasize is the using the creativity to make it unique. So you, to get this wow moment. So that's something that I emphasize a lot in my book. Fantastic. I'm going to have to check out a copy. One last question, Oscar, before we go, um, I'm going to put you on the spot. What are your three top pieces of, pieces of advice for new speakers? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> one is something that you mentioned is, uh, and I agree with you. And that's what I'm going to tell you. It's about personal stories. It's pretty important uh, because you said they are easier to, to explain it because they are already in your mind, bring your emotions and, and it will come more, more naturally through the talk. So you need, let's say, let's say less preparation for that, but also, uh, because you need to det- um, you need to show to the audience your your ethos who you are. No? Often you maybe you have heard about this ethos, logos, and pathos. No. Yes. Yes. And just just um, t- tell us what they are, because uh, most people actually haven't haven't come across those. Sure. This comes from Aristotle, actually. So it's pretty pretty old, and he said that these are the the main part of your of any any, any speech. Ethos is uh, who you are, your credibility. Logos is the logic, um, what is the topic, 
the logic of the topics. And pathos is the emotional part. And typically, the speakers talk a lot about the logos, so the, the subject, a lot about that. And you hear many communication experts talking about the emotions, stories, pathos. But the one that not many people talk is about the, the ethos and saying who you are. You don't have to tell your story. <laughs> yeah, every, everything about yourself, your bio, and the talk, but somehow connect, connect these topics. If you're talking about, um, let's say, artificial intelligence, well, connect that, connect that topic with you, maybe in the, maybe your grandfather, um, maybe not grandfather, but someone in your family was um, into that topic. Maybe when you were young, you, you read science fiction and some, some connection, you put that into the talk. So, so people will, will, will want, they want to hear um, like real persons, no? not just a, a, a let's say, a, otherwise going to look, sounds more like a, like a, like a lecturer, no? something that you are just supposed to give this topic. No? So this is one, the personal stories. The other is, and something is very underrated is the structure. You have to build uh, some basic structure. No? What are your your main? You, if you had one main point, what are your sub points? Um, uh, start with the with the middle, right? Uh, start with what is your points, your sub points, or or uh, ideas that um, that are going to argument that and bring for each idea concrete examples. But it's very important they structure. Uh, I absolutely agree. My 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 pet hate with speakers is somebody who says I've got to I've got to give you three points about subject matter X and they speak about two points and they never give you the third. <laughs> the structure, there's no structure. <laughs> yeah. That'd be crazy. Exactly. So that's. Uh... So you better come up with a third tip. <laughs> uh, so I need a third tip. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's true. That's true. Um, one idea that I remember pretty well from, from my previous, the previous people I interviewed is from Tim Pollard. Okay. He, he brought this idea of retellability. So he, he talks about focusing on, on big ideas. So no matter what are you going to, to explain, bring with, um, focus on big ideas that I understand. And that what you say has to be, it's possible not only that the audience understands that, but that person, when she goes to the, to the coffee break, she will retell that, but to the, okay, I just saw uh, Richard giving this talk about blah, blah, blah. So she will be able to retell. That is fascinating. That's a, that's a completely new perspective. Whatever way you've structured your message or your story, it has to be something that's transferable to other people. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's really powerful. Mm. Wow. I'd have to, uh, I'd have to go and do a bit of research on that one myself. Uh, because that's the point of a talk, isn't it? You want people to retell. Yeah. You want people that continue spreading the word. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Otherwise, many times the topic can be, uh, sorry, the, the talks can be entertaining. So people are happy. Ah, excellent. But in two days, they, they forgot everything. So that's yeah, not what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, a, like a, you know, a Tony Robbins talk. Sorry, Tony. Uh, no, really entertaining, but you, know, you forget afterwards. Okay, wow. Um, well, sorry for putting you on the spot, Oscar, but you came up with gold. That, that, was, that, was, uh, that was really, really great. 
Thank you so much. It's been really great having you, Oscar. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, thanks a lot for inviting. It's a pleasure talking with you and all the best in this new podcast. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. All right, take care and um, we'll talk to you again soon, I'm sure. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Just a few things before the embers fade and we wrap up another episode of Fireside with Voxcake. You can find notes and links from this podcast at voxgig.com slash podcasts. We also publish a weekly newsletter on public speaking, selecting the best advice and techniques from some of the world's greatest speakers, both ancient and modern. Rhetoric is an old and revered art, not especially easy to master, but a skill like any other, one you can also learn. Visit foxgig.com slash newsletter to subscribe. If you've enjoyed this fireside chat, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Please also leave a review that helps us make this podcast even better. If you'd like to contact me directly, please email richard at voxgig.com. If you'd like to be counted as a supporter, just let me know and I'll add you to our supporters page. Till next time, remember, take a deep breath, pause, and step forward.